my health masters, friends, and family, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all had an absolutely terrifically blessed weekend. Lots of uh, articles and lots of stuff going on all weekend and, and the end of last week, and hope you guys got to listen to the Hagman Show went into detail on a lot of different topics, as always, and elaborated on some of the more the topics that I talked about on the show last week. And I let all the listeners know that the purple sticks, along with the three-pack and the case slots, are all back in stock. So I got a lot of emails and responses from that. As you, know, as you guys know, that's always a limited supply product. It's very difficult to get the manufacturer to make it for us and because uh, we specifically have it with methylcobalamin B12, the highest quality vitamins you can put in it. And so it's a great product. Everybody loves it that tries it, so be sure to check it out if you haven't had it yet. The purple sticks on the front page of the website. And one thing that was interesting, you know, Doug and I were talking in detail about this, and I told you guys, you know, last week, and I've said it repeatedly, I couldn't figure out why in the world there were no individuals that were charged or found in possession of a firearm at the Capitol attack and insurrection. We went into detail on his show about what they did now with this group at the Hampton Inn that allegedly brought in guns and duffel bags and drones into a Hampton Inn that an informant now had snitched on them and basically said that they had done that over a year ago. And, of course, they've issued more arrests now to arrest people because a year and a half ago they may have had firearms on their person at a hotel somewhere in D.C. Um, The level of stupidity that this is reaching to now is not that, though. It's not just stupidity. It's a level of tyranny we've never really seen reach the United States of America before, where we're having this giant purge of patriots not to actually bring anybody to legitimate justice because serious damage or serious bodily injury had occurred on a giant level, but simply because they want to stop any dissidents. The narrative is quickly unraveling. If you guys have watched now, Moderna stock is free-falling. The company that's made, you know, one of the first RNAs right beside Pfizer. The, a lot of the other companies, all the tech stocks are starting to completely free fall. People are losing faith in the fact that this whole thing has been propped up with free and cheap money for the last two years. And now the money is starting to run out from all these giant bills they put in the repo loans and the multi-trillion dollar, you know, bills they put forward in with Trump. And this stuff is starting to dry up. I mean, Moderna's, I think it was like 380 this morning or something, or 150. I mean, I mean, checked it again. It's like 150, 150 a share. You know, I mean, at its peak, remember, it was pushing all the way up to, I think, over, a, over 400, 500. Yeah, it was like almost $500 a share. This was, again, a company that Fauci was heavily invested in that was the only thing, by the way, Moderna's ever brought up to market, ever, ever brought to market, was the RNA gene therapy COVID injection. That's it. They've never brought anything to market. It was a simple pump-and-dump scam to funnel more money out of the federal government. That's all it was. Moderna never built anything actually successful. They did this specifically because they knew they were going to get approval. That's why the stocks went through the roof when they first started announcing that because you guys remember, up until January uh, – excuse me, the end of July – or end of, end of 2019, beginning of January 2020, their shares floated around $14, $15 a share. That was Moderna. They're, they're, they're flat. They didn't produce anything. It's $15 a share. And then all of a sudden, they get this random contract for billions of dollars for the United States so they can produce RNA gene therapy shots and never produce anything in the market. And suddenly, within a year, their share is over $440 a share. Again, 
it was a giant pump and dump scam. Now it's down to $150 a share today. This was because it wasn't designed to actually produce anything. It was designed to roll out a bioweapon, which has been the RNA gene therapy shot. You now have the CEO of Pfizer, who spoke in Israel on Israel TV last week, and he said that they're doing everything they can now to design a booster that you will only need one time a year rather than every few months. He said, I'm hoping that we'll have a vaccine that we'll only have to do once a year. It's easier for people to remember if a vaccine is only required once a year, and it's an ideal situation from a public health perspective. Well, it's ideal for him as well because they've had their record, record years now the last two years with the amount of money that they've had coming into the company. Remember when the Project Veritas video came out and the one scientist from Pfizer blatantly said, he goes, Pfizer basically is living off COVID money now. Like that's our bread and butter. Everything to do with COVID is Pfizer's bread and butter now. The shot is our moneymaker. Well, this is exactly what they've done. And now you're starting to see almost every single country and every single city that's highly, highly vaccinated, highly injected, has also the highest rates of infection. Well, it's because this wasn't an accident. We brought this up very, very early in the game and told everybody to do your own research. The RNA gene therapy was designed to make your body a pathogen production manufacturing site. It was designed to make you produce spike proteins. Now, a lot of our listeners who have listened to the show for years, this is not new information to you. The reason why I'm reiterating this real quick and I'm tying into that is because we have a lot of new customers, a lot of new listeners, a lot of new Health Masters family that get into the show and start listening to it. You know, every single day, we're continuing to try to grow and get the truth out there. The entire point of this shot was intentionally to cause the COVID to spread and cause people to walk around and basically be pathogen production manufacturing sites in order to spread COVID even further. That was the entire point. That is why you've seen so many times that healthy individuals that have not been shot up and they have a great immune system, they get in close proximity or in close standings with people that have been freshly injected. And all of a sudden, the people that are pure bloods, unvaccinated, suddenly get sick a day or two later. I personally had it happen to me. I told you guys point blank, went down to Miami for a few hours one day to look at a car, talked to a sales rep that I knew down there, was in basically a close car with him for about 15 minutes test driving a vehicle he literally lets me know oh yeah i've had all my shots i'm having a lot of health problems though he goes i go to the hospital and you know i don't have the flu i don't have covid i don't have strep i just feel so lethargic and tired all the time i'm like oh gosh this has been back last summer before i really started understanding how infectious everybody was and all of a sudden to come back a day and a half two days later i get sick as a dog sick as a dog full-blown covid can't taste, can't smell, nothing. Hammering the subs, hammering the D3, put me down, like I told you guys, for about two, three days pretty hard, and I started to bounce back by the end of the week. But, I mean, it, it hit me hard. And what's interesting was I hadn't been around anybody. I hadn't been exposed to anybody. He was the only main person I had had extremely close direct contact with in a vehicle, for that matter, if, if anything, and he had just been freshly injected again. This has not been isolated. I have heard this story verbatim from other people before I ever even said anything about it. People told me the exact same storyline. Well, now you're starting to see an article that was published from Alberta, Canada that has now been basically pulled back, and it was published showing the evidence that exposes how the public health authorities have manipulated the COVID-19 numbers in order to push their narrative. 
This article that went out was screenshot and fully recorded by Metatron on um, basically put on um, Twitter. What's interesting about this, the Alberta government admitted the, to following the fraudulent standard by using manufacturers' clinical uh, trial numbers, which is where they ignore adverse outcomes, including COVID infection, hospitalization, and deaths for 14 days after the vaccine administration, no matter how many doses you have had. So instead of basically ignoring what's going on and basically identifying, hey, there's an adverse event, they go on to label anybody that basically has had the COVID shot up to 14 days afterwards, has it classifies as completely unvaccinated. This is how they've manipulated the numbers so much. So if you look at it on the note, it says vaccine status categories based on protection, dose administration within 14 days prior to a person's COVID diagnosis are not considered protective. As a result, partial or complete vaccination categories only include those identified as cases over 14 days past their first or second or booster immunization date. What they're saying is here, if somebody gets the shot and they have horrific side effects from it, and they come down with COVID or COVID-like symptoms and they're hospitalized, and they go into the hospital a week after their shot, they are classified as fully unvaccinated, even if they're sick as a dog from the shot. does not matter. This is why they keep twisting the numbers and making erroneous comments. Like there was some news lady the other day. She had to come back and retract it. She goes, 90% of all hospitalizations are unvaccinated people. Well, that number is even completely and totally erroneous. There's no facts to that at all. But even get the numbers that they've been doing, they manipulate them by making sure any side effects that occur within two weeks of getting the shot are classified as unvaccinated individuals, which obviously you can see how that massively manipulates the numbers. This is what is happening. This is why two weeks before the alleged Omicron was discovered, if you guys remember, Israel ran a giant war game simulation about a hypothetical new variant that started crashing the markets and started causing a bunch of financial chaos. Oh, isn't that funny? Oh, Omicron comes out beginning of December. Now all of a sudden the markets start to tank coming into January, going into February now. Imagine that. This is fully orchestrated from the highest levels, and this is what they're trying to do is get as much control and dominance as they can over the populace but while they drop the stock market, while everything starts to collapse, they can blame it and use COVID as the scapegoat. Because remember, you can't really blame COVID on anybody except allegedly China. But it really wasn't just China involved in this. It was Fauci and also other elements of the U.S. government because they also used U.S. lab bases from the reports that I've seen to start building this thing with gain of function. You have to understand where they're going with this, and that is why it's so important and I've been telling everybody this, all my friends and family, you've got to make sure you're keeping your immune system strong and you're eating clean right now. I know a lot of people have gotten sick. A lot of people have you know, slight coughs. That's, it is what it is. You deal with it. You go with it. You, you bounce back from it. But you've got to make sure you're keeping the vitamin C and D3 levels up. If you're curious about your D3 levels, because I have that argument sometimes. People go, oh, I don't want to become D3 toxic. I can tell you right now it's unbelievably difficult to become D3 toxic. You can do it, but as a myth that you can just do it by taking you know, 10, 20,000 IUs of D3 a day, it's virtually almost impossible in most cases. When I've looked at the research and they come up with that D3 toxic scenario where your D3 levels basically go above you know, 90 to 100 plus on your blood levels, 
you have to be taking like 100,000 IUs of D3 for three to four months on end with no break. Remember, D3 is a sunshine vitamin. The vast majority of people don't get much sunshine anymore, especially in northern states in the winter times at all. Secondly, most people don't go outside nor like they used to. Thirdly, when most people go outside, you're usually covered up. Gone are the days of living at the beach on the weekend in high school and college, you know, in spring break. No, nobody really does that anymore except maybe once a week in college. Most people are inside all the time on their phones, on games, on computers. So it's very, very crucial you get your blood levels checked on your D3. I just got my full blood panel done last week. Just out of curiosity, did it once a year. I take D3 10,000 K2 very often on. I'll be honest with you because I take it and then I'll, I'll slow down on it because I want to make sure my blood levels. And I was very curious. So I had them run D3 because I right now I only take D3, the 10,000 K2, about one to two times a week. That's really all I take on it because I don't need it a lot of it because I take so much of it whenever I start getting you know down. Well, I checked my D3 levels and my D3 levels were 48, which is – Almost 50, which is almost in a perfect category. They say about 50 to 60 is really, really ideal as far as perfect. Anything start going below about 30, you start getting really low. You start getting to the 20s, start getting really low. So I saw that. I'm going to bump my D3 levels up now a little bit higher and get them, you know, about up to 50 or 60 I'd like on my next blood panel. But see, keeping active on your health, on your blood, on your overall nutrition it has to be a priority, my friends. I see so many people that will spend so much time on social media or trying to entertain other people or trying to go and stay so busy, 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 busy all the time with all these different games and sports and soccer and baseball and basketball for their kids. And yet they'll run through the McDonald's parking lot every single day after school to get them a Big Mac and they don't even pack them their own lunches or plan accordingly for the rest of the day for food. They're so concerned about trying to be here and be there and be there, they don't even realize that they're not taking care of their body or their kids. You have to make it a priority what you put in your body. Are you going to eat clean all the time? Absolutely not. I'd be lying if I said I don't have a big old juicy Angus or buffalo burger occasionally. But it's not something I eat on a daily basis, and I sure as heck don't ever put McDonald's or Taco Bell or any of that food ever in my body. I can't even right. remember the last time I put that food. It is crucial right now, my friends. You keep your system safe because there's a lot of funk flying around out there right now with all these shots being promoted, being pushed. And on top of that, people just getting sick in general and then people having a weakened immune system now because of what's happened with the shots and with the diet, and with the sugar, and with the preservatives. It is crucial. So if you guys need anything, be sure to give us a call or check out the website at Health Masters. We're always here to help you out. What do you think, Dan? Well, I think you're, you're correct. This past week, I was in an office at a car shop, car dealership, and I went into this office with this guy who had all three vaccines, and he was bragging about he had all three vaccines, and, and I just said, well, I don't really you know, believe in all that. I, I haven't taken any. And sure enough, I ended up coming down with, I believe, with Omicron. I won't get tested, but I had 103 fever last night. I haven't slept well the last two nights. Um, all the symptoms, if you look them up on Omicron, I had all of them, including the loss of taste. But I'm still here doing a show right now. I mean, I broke, my fever broke last night. I started feeling pretty good, slept through the night. So it was like 48 hours in and out, and it was done. Now, here's the irony of all of this stuff, and you know, I'll still tell you this. Before they started releasing these pathogens into the environment, I was very, very rarely ever sick with anything at all. Now, I can say this, though. 
the Delta variant was pretty bad as far as my throat. It got pretty tore up last summer from Austin. I caught the stuff from him. and But I still did the show every single day. And so that's the thing. If you keep your nutrient levels high enough, you don't have to really worry about, you know, <laughs> this thing as far as I'm concerned, unless you've got comorbidities. If you're obese or if you've got heart disease or diabetes or cancer, stuff will kill you. you know, look at Marcus Lamb. And he was, you know, he was, you know, he's on, you know, diabetic drugs. And, you know, he got really sick and went into the hospital and that's it. He's gone now. My condolences to the family. He was the owner of Daystar. But we've got to understand that this stuff is real. It really is. And, yes, we do have – I'm going to change the topics here. We do have Purple Sticks back in stock, and I absolutely love Purple Sticks. I really do. We did a big promo on them this weekend, and so you guys you know, know they're back in the inventory. We have them back in stock. And, again, they're a very difficult product to get in stock because we use the methylcobalamine in them. So we try to make sure they're really, really high quality when we have them made. So I, I want everybody to know this. As far as Fauci and Moderna, you know, Fauci, you know, rode that wave with Moderna stocks. In my opinion, he probably sold his shocks at, stocks at the, at the highest at the peak. And then we also have to realize this pharmacia with the Rothschild Rockefeller petrochemical drug industry, which is pushing all these chemicals and drugs on us, is still basically in charge with the Kabbalist Luciferian bankers. And we have to understand, like I just mentioned, that viral shedding is very, very real. And, you know, and, you know, here's the thing. You know, Lee Merritt this past weekend came out with a show. It was on the it was on the SGT report, and she said that when they finally did the analysis on this 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 disease, this whatever they've released, this bioweapon, that it has different how should I say different problems associated with different races, and that it was looked like it was specifically designed to attack white Europeans. So if your grandparents or great grandparents or somebody in your late you know, family came from the, from Europe, Germany, England, you know wherever, uh, they basically are being targeted by this bioweapon, according to Dr. Lee Merritt. Just thought I'd mention that. Now the least amount of people to get targeted that doesn't really affect them are the Amish and the Akhenaten Jews. I just thought that was really interesting. But you know, remember, you know, the the, the Amish aren't sending in their DNA samples to you know Ancestry.com. You know, we sent all of this stuff to people that we don't know to give them our family lineage, and they sold the stuff to China. You guys, do you remember this? I mean, we talked about this. We said they're going to tell you, and they're going to be able to form and manufacture a biological weapon against specific genotypes, specific races. So I thought that was kind of crazy, and Lee Merrick came out with that, that study this week, and I thought, wow, that's absolutely nuts. Now, I want to cover one other thing, too. I had a good friend of mine who's a doctor, medical doctor. And now she's under investigation with the, her state medical board, and she's against the vaccines, and she's all about using ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And I want to just give you some of these things they're asking for. It says the Iowa Board of Medicine is conducting a confidential investigation regarding a complaint received pertaining to allegations of spreading COVID disinformation and have been prescribing and using non-FDA-approved drugs to treat COVID. That's how it starts off. Now, excuse me. And what, the thing that's interesting about this, this is an investigative inquiry. In other words, what this is, this is a fishing trip. They don't have any evidence against her, so they don't they don't know what to do because they've had this complaint. So now they want her to come in and give them all the evidence they need to take her medical license away by basically filling out this form and answering all these questions. Now, the problem with all that I have is this. You know, whenever somebody comes up to you from a medical standpoint or from a research standpoint or from an investigative standpoint, if they're with the state and they tell you, oh, we're just doing an investigation here, you know, this doesn't mean anything. We're just talking to you. 
In most cases, that's a lie. They're trying to build a case against you in a court of law. I'm letting you know that. It's just, just the best things to do is just to shut up and let the attorneys handle it. Don't say anything. I'm going to read you some of the questions they're asking her for. And you, you saw the same thing with Roger Stone several years ago. You know, with the Russian collusion, Roger Stone was brought before Congress, and he was so, how should I say, honest with everybody. He just told everybody the truth. And then they said, well, you've lied to Congress about this. We're going to put you in prison now. <laughs> okay, If he had just taken the fifth and not said anything, they never would have charged him. You don't have to answer those questions. So when a police officer stops you for you know running a red light or speeding or whatever, you know going through a stop sign, and he starts asking you questions, you just say to him, officer, I reserve my right to remain silent. That's it. But they want you to get tripped up into this, and they want you to give them information about what you're doing. And once they do that, and at that point, they can sanction you or they can take your license away. Here's what they ask her for. I'm going to read you part of these. It's pretty long. It is requested that within the next 20 days you respond to the following questions. Now, here was, remember it says it's requested. It doesn't say it's required. It says it's requested that within the next 20 days you respond to the following questions. What medical advice information have you provided to your patients regarding COVID-19 vaccines? That's a pretty broad statement. Number two, have you actively advised patients against receiving the vaccine? If so, why? And based on what data and research? See how open-ended these questions are? Now, the question is this. Why don't we say it this way? When we ask, send them a letter back and say, have you actively advised patients to receive the COVID vaccine? If so, what is it based on? What data and research and what FDA research have you seen? And how has this product been proven to be safe? That's the other. That's, I, I would just answer questions with questions with all of this. Number three, have you recommended the use of ivermectin and or hydroxychloroquine to tweak COVID-19? And if so, and why is based on your data and research? My response back to them would say, why won't you allow the use of ivermectin or hydrochloroquine to tweak COVID-19? And based on what data and research, do you recommend remdesivir? But that's, how I would, I would, that's how I would respond to all of this stuff. Have you prescribed ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine to any of, uh, and, or any other non-FDA-approved treatment for COVID-19 to patients? And this is a very big category here because doctors are allowed to go off-label with a lot of different products. They really are. So when they're saying this, that any other non-FDA-approved drug or treatment for COVID-19 to patients, that's another big category. 50% of the drugs are either taken off the market or have their warning labels changed. So you can say it this way. Have you prescribed remdesivir? Have you prescribed other types of chemical compounds or other FDA-based products that are approved through FDA emergency use authorization, and why do you feel this is okay? You can go back and ask them the same questions over again. Now, listen, now here's the one I talked to you guys about on, on Friday. Remember I talked about double-blind clinical research studies. You couldn't do it because it wasn't medically ethical to try to kill people. And he goes, please cite any studies. Here we go. Double-blind, randomized control, which support the use of ivermectin hydroxychloroquine for the treatment of COVID-19. Again, I would do it the other way. Please cite any studies, double-blind or randomized control, which support the use of remdesivir for the treatment of COVID-19. That's how I would answer that question. That's what I, would, I would just answer questions with questions because you put it back on them. Please explain your understanding of the risk associated with using ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. Please explain why you feel the benefits of ivermectin outweighs the risk associated with medications. Why do you feel your legal and ethical responsibilities – what do you feel are your legal and ethical responsibilities as a physician providing medical advice and treatment to patients? Well, this is a big category. Why do you feel you are, your legal and ethical responsibilities as a, as a physician when providing information to the public? So they're not only going after her, 
this doctor for basically giving prescriptions out for you know ivermectin. They're going after her because of information she's giving out to the public on her First Amendment rights. Next, next question. Are there any other medical diagnosis for which you provide non-FDA-approved prescriptions or treatments to your patients or recommend to the public? That's a, that, you talk about a phishing. I'm going to read it again. Are there any other medical diagnosis for which you provide non-FDA-approved prescriptions and or treatments to your patients or recommend to the public? This is a complete phishing expedition. If so, what are the diagnoses and what prescription and treatments do you recommend? So now this is going to be this, – this would, this would literally take a week to answer all of these questions. You'd have to go back into your charts – over the years, because they're not giving you a timeline on this, are there any other medical diagnosis for which you provide non-FDA-approved prescriptions? So, again, if you don't give them all of them, they can say you basically perjured yourself because you just you, you withheld information. Please provide a list of patients. Here we go, including the date of birth, <laughs> dates of treatment, in which you prescribed ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine due to COVID symptoms or a positive COVID test. Wait a minute. What about HIPAA? Please identify the facility for in which treatment for the ivermectin and hydrochloric took place. Now they want to close the facilities down. Please explain your process of documentation of the patients for which you have prescribed ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or COVID. What? And, and you know, here's the thing about all of this stuff, guys. This is happening with literally hundreds of doctors, especially the frontline doctors, all over the country. They're getting letters just like this from their state medical boards. I don't think Florida is doing that because we have Ron DeSantis. But, you know... They're all tightening down because, remember, this whole medical thing, at one time, doctors were probably the most respected people on the planet. I mean, they were literally like little gods with a little G-O-D-S. They had the power of life and death. You know, my grandparents, they were like, oh, he's a doctor, he's a doctor, he's a doctor, she's a doctor. And everybody got this whole, you know, if they said anything about a doctor, they were like, you know, eviscerated. The doctors were put on a pedestal. It didn't like that anymore, guys. You know, you got the folks over there here with Blue Cross and Blue Shield. It have a hundred percent, you know, compliance rate in injecting children with kill shots. Uh, you know, they get a big bonus from Blue Cross and Blue Shield. I mean, it's it's just it's not what it used to be. Doctors used to have a bag and they would carry it from house to house and go to people's homes and have a house call. You guys don't remember that? I do. Back in the fifties and sixties, they don't do that anymore. It's turned into big, big medicine and big, big money. I remember. Years ago, when I was in, in, uh, in graduate school and in undergraduate school at Florida State University, I'd meet a lot of these different people that were in the medical program at Florida State, and pretty much all of them were good at memorization, but most of them had no common sense. In other words, they were dumber than a box of rocks when it came to common sense. They couldn't think their way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, it's ridiculous it's how stupid they were, but they were the ones who got accepted into medical school for what reason? Because they knew how to memorize. They knew how to follow the rules. Well, the problem we run into now is that the doctors that are out there that are good doctors, and there are. There are about 10% of the doctors out there are really good people and really good physicians. The other 90%, they're awful. They really are. They only, they're, they're, they only got in it for one reason, for the money. That's it. And it's all about money, 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 paying their five ex-wives, you know, you know, alimony payments and child support payments and their five ex-wives house payments and all the things they have to do. And I had a guy one time tell me, he was a, he's a cardiovascular surgeon. He was out of Winter Haven. He goes, well, I've got a couple of surgeries I'm doing this week. I'm going to use the money to put a big pool in my house. So a swimming pool. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, does it, do they really need to have surgery? That's the question, isn't it? Or do you just want a pool? And this has been, we've seen this so many times with doctors who go in and give people chemotherapy drugs for cancer and they don't even have cancer. They put them on a full chemotherapy program because of the money they make, and they make money doing this, and they basically end up killing the people because they want to have more money coming in. 
Well, guys, listen to me. There's all kinds of ways to make money. You don't have to kill people to make money, but because these medical professionals have been given car blanc abilities to do whatever they want to do for so many decades in this country now, you know, we have seen these people become completely and totally compromised 90% of the time as far as what they believe and what they do. And it's sad because I know some really good doctors that are amazing. They're amazing. But the problem is they're few and far between. I mean, again, I said this to you years ago, and I'll say it again. If a pediatrician has, you know, a thousand patients in his practice, and that means he's got a whole bunch of these patients now that have autism. And he watches these young children getting these shots at 18 months. And he watches them come down with Asperger's syndrome or autism. And he watches the lights go out or they go and have, have an encephalitic scream, which they start screaming because their brain starts swelling. And they come back to the shop a week later. And all of a sudden they don't have any ability to smile or look at the parents or look at the doctor anymore. It's like the lights are out. The soul has departed, so to speak. Why in the world did that happen? And he knew it. He saw it. He gave the injection, and he saw it. But yet he still pushes the injections. That's some sick stuff, guys. I mean, I was, I'd be like, you know, i got to pass on this. You know, if the parent wants to do it, I'll do it if you really want to. But I'm going to tell you all the bad side effects from it. And if you want to do it, have at it. But I'm going to tell you not to. In fact, I personally, if I was the medical physician and I was a pediatrician, I wouldn't give any shots. I just say, no, I don't do that. I don't give these shots. I don't give any of these shots to anybody. Too many side effects until they come out with clean vaccines that don't contain mercury or aluminum or dead baby cells or peanuts and all the other stuff they have in them. Yeah, I'm just going to pass on injecting this into anybody. But we've been programmed and conditioned in the United States now to give our children 76 vaccines. That's why this has been such a successful campaign, guys, because it's been going on now since the 80s. So people have for 40 years now have been sitting back and just chilling out and giving people all of these shots, 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 and more shots. And now everybody doesn't think anything about it. Like I also talked about on Friday, they have a friend of theirs who basically they know the lady over there in Orlando, and she has basically signed up her child, her little four or five year old child, for the tests for the vaccines. Now there's no, this is a test. This is gonna, this child may die from this, but they're gonna go ahead and give them the vaccine just to see what's gonna happen because they wanna be the first one in line to get the vaccine. This is insanity. I mean, let's go ahead and, go ahead and have a hundred light switches on the wall over there and you got 40 of them that are gonna electrocute you as soon as you touch them out of a hundred. So we're gonna give a little test here for you. Go ahead and have everybody go flip a light switch and we're gonna sign you up for that. I'd be like, what's wrong with you? You're, you're absolutely Looney Tunes. But these doctors are going out now, and they're doing stuff that are com- that's completely medically unethical. But that's why I turned all those questions, or most of those questions, around on this letter this lady received. Because, guys, listen to me. If you don't answer their questions or you answer, ask them questions back and you force them to do what they need to do, it's like discovery in a lawsuit. You overwhelm them with discovery. Okay, you tell me why you feel this way. Give me the double-blind clinical research studies that show the remdesivir is healthy and good and that people don't die on remdesivir. What are the actual statistics? You start asking them those questions, they don't want to mess with it because you're pushing back too hard. It's like I've told you guys before. If you ever get involved with family services, Department of Family Services, because somebody dropped a dime on you because you told your child to be quiet in public and they show up at your door, don't talk to them. They, they have the right to see if the kids are healthy. Get your attorney on the phone immediately and have your attorney talk to them, and they'll leave your house. I'm letting you guys know this. You, 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 when you give them information on you and you let them do an investigation on you do and research on you and you cooperate with everything they want, they will build a case against you. 
It's very, very important you understand that. From legal, I'm not giving you any legal advice, but from a legal standpoint, you have the right to remain silent. Austin, what do you think and what's your next story, bud? Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I've been a huge, huge preacher of that. I learned that years ago <laughs> as far as keeping your mouth shut when you're dealing with somebody that's trying to get information from you. This is why I told all my friends and people that I helped out with, with the religious exemption. I told you guys this repeatedly. When you apply for a religious exemption for my business, majority of those businesses were bringing forth these giant like 5, 10, 15-page documents that they wanted you to go through and answer all these questions. And my, my brother-in-law, Mark, he, he sent me the thing. He sent me the thing online, screenshot it, and sent it to me and texted it to me. And, I mean, it was like page after page after page after page after page of all these errors were felt like paragraphs. If, why does your pastor or clergy member think that you need to have, that you do not need the COVID-19 vaccine and what reasoning? I mean, it just, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, all this detailed stuff about your religious behavior and belief and length of time and who's involved and who they can contact. I said, no, I don't need any of that. And at the very bottom, they'd have a signature block for your pastor or clergy to sign. Well, it didn't say it was required for them to sign it. It just had a big signature block for them to sign it. I said, don't fill it out. They can't ask for that. They can't go contact your pastor and start asking the pastor about what you think your beliefs are. So the only reason they can do that is if you give them permission to do it. That's what everybody seems to have forgotten about this entire thing. All this, every single bit of it is based on consent. It's based on your willingness to comply. This is why I've said repeatedly, you have a right to say no. And if you start dealing with companies now that we've seen like Carhartt, what they've blatantly said does not matter about the federal government or the Supreme Court ruling. We're still going to mandate shots for all of our company. File religious exemption. If you don't want to go that route, start looking at another company. Quite frankly, I've told you guys repeatedly, there's dozens of companies now on my list of no buy from. I will not do business. I will not spend a penny. I will not promote them. I will not shop with them. I will not buy something from them. I will not do presents from them, period. And Carhartt was never a company that I was a huge fan of because they actually had a lot of very liberal policies people didn't realize. And I said, now they've shown the entire country that they do not respect freedom, medical freedom at all. So why do you keep buying stuff from them? There's tons of other products on the market. The same thing happened with Yeti. Yeti, the name brand Yeti. Now there's lots of other tumblers on the market you can buy for a lot cheaper that are just as good. But when Yeti came out, they basically started doing all this anti-patriot stuff. They're talking about you know gun stuff and everything else. About oh no, Second Amendment needs to be restricted. All the stupid stuff. And I said okay, well that's cool. You guys can have your opinion. Everybody can have their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. It doesn't mean that I'm going to support that opinion and I'm going to agree with that opinion. But you know you're entitled to it. Doesn't mean I'm going to give you money if you have that opinion. So again, this is something that people have to start understanding. This is so crucial. You have the ability to say no. You have the ability to make a difference in your lives and in your family's lives based on what you consent. There was a quote from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If you guys saw, there's a big, big, big uh, anti-shot um, mandate in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. Actually, huge turnout, much, much larger than I thought it was going to be. I watched a bunch of it, some videos online. And he did a speech, and he said, the minute they hand you a vaccine passport after you basically get the shot, every right that you have is now transformed into a privilege contingent on your obedience to arbitrary government 
dictates, it will make you a slave. And I thought that was very succinct. And that's true. Once you go and say, I'm going to get the shot because you told me to get the shot, and now I have a piece of paper or a digital paper that says, I got the shot now. I'm a good kid. I'm a good person. I'm a good citizen. I can show my passport to everybody and promote how vaxxed I am. You no longer have rights. You've now transformed those rights into privileges that the government has now granted you. And that's a very, very, very bad place to be. And most people haven't thought about it that way. I tried to explain it to people. I said, this has nothing to do with a shot. I said, if you're really that concerned and you really want to go get the shot after all the research and you decide you want to make it on your own accord and you just want to get the shot and you're not letting anybody know you got the shot, you just want to go get it because you like to do RNA gene therapy, that is your right. But understand Don't allow yourself to get injected because somebody else is telling you you have to get injected in order to function in society. Because at that point, as he just said, your rights arbitrarily are turned into privileges at that point. And the government can take away privileges at any point in time. It's like you turn into a five-year-old. Oh, you have privilege if you want to watch 30 minutes on television after you get your homework done. You have a privilege to go basically ride your bicycle around if your room is clean. You now are treated like a child, and the government is your parent, and you have privileges they can take away at any point in time if you do not keep complying. That's why I've told you guys already. Fauci already came out again. Oh, fourth booster shot's definitely going to be needed. Fourth booster shot's definitely needed. Well, guess what's going to happen? Your updated passport isn't going to be valid for you to go to your restaurant anymore or go to your store anymore until you get your fourth shot. This isn't going to stop until people stop getting it. And as long as people keep complying, I should say the vast majority, you're going to have little peasants and you're going to have people that just – it doesn't matter what you do. You could bring out the 76 booster shot next year by 2030, and they'll still continue to get in line no matter how sick they are. They'll still get it. But the people that have gotten it because they thought this was going to end – and I know there's a lot of listeners that have made that mistake. I understand. A lot of people sometimes get pressured into stuff. But it's time now. You ask that million-dollar question. Is this really about my health? Is this really about my safety? Or is this simply about how much control can be had over me? That's the question you have to ask. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting, and this is another reason why I continue and continue to encourage people to be able to make sure you have the adequate ability to defend yourself and use situational awareness. There was an old show to VHS back in the day. It was called Strong Against Crime. Dad's brought it up before. And it talks about, in multiple details, on situations that can occur. If you're basically being mugged, or if you're being abducted, or if you're being carjacked, or if you're home invasion, in certain scenarios. And it wasn't always a scenario of just, okay, make sure you have a firearm and discharge it safely and hit the perpetrator. It wasn't just like that. It gave you different options and different things you could do. And it talked about crime scene number one, crime scene number two. And it went on to say, about basically if you were carjacked and basically if you were abducted in a carjacking. And the reason why I bring this up now, Chicago is now having record carjackings last year. They had a 510% increase over previous carjackings. 1,849 carjackings in Chicago last year. Guys, that's five carjackings every single day, every day of the year, entire year. Every vacation day, every you know, every holiday, five carjackings every single day in Chicago. Now, 
that shouldn't be a huge surprise considering how horrific that city's becoming, but it also should get your attention that the cities, as I've said before, are always the primary areas that get hit the hardest when stuff starts to go sideways. We're seeing a trend now, and this always happens in every society as it starts to fall. We're seeing a trend now between the groups of people that have been relatively successful or even you know still have good jobs and they're still making money and they're saving money and they're investing and groups that basically have lost everything. This is why you're seeing California, L.A. turn so horrific. What you're going to see is the groups of those individuals that are on drugs and that are homeless and that basically are you know just vagrants is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're going to become more and more emboldened. The more they see these situations occur in their community, the more they hear about them being successful, the more active they're going to be. This is why, if you guys remember, right over Christmas time, when you saw Nordstrom's and Louis Vuitton and all these high-end stores get raided for hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise. You heard about Home Depot getting raided, guys coming in, 20, 30 of them, stealing baseball bats and crowbars and sledgehammers and concrete saws. Again, just wanted to remind everybody, these guys didn't break into Home Depot to steal concrete saws and bolt cutters and sledgehammers and axes and crowbars because they were planning on starting their new construction company. They were buying them because they're getting prepped for more and more aggressive home invasions and burglaries. This is occurring now in Chicago at a rate we've never seen before with carjackings. The biggest advice that I've ever seen, and this is just my personal opinion, what I've seen and I've heard and I've been told, if you're in a situation where basically you're carjacked, now if the car gets stolen and it's gone, that is what it is at that point. Just call 911 and basically file an insurance claim. The car can be replaced in that situation. If somebody just comes up and steals your car or you know, steals your keys or breaks into your car and steals it. The biggest problem that you start having is when there's a mugging or carjacking and you're still in the vehicle. And this happens a lot to females. In most cases, those situations are not just going to be a carjacking. They're going to be either a rape or a murder. And so the situation that occurred, there's always two scenarios in most cases with a carjacking, especially if it happens very quickly. The woman or whoever it is is the victim is usually the driver and somebody jumps in beside with a firearm or vice versa. The victim is basically pushed in the car, and the, the perpetrator gets behind the wheel. Those are usually the two most common scenarios that occur. Both of those scenarios have an option to prevent you from going to crime scene number two. If the victim is the driver and the perpetrator has a firearm, the best option they have said, if you don't have the ability to defend yourself or get out of the car and they're basically holding you at gunpoint, is to wreck the vehicle at the highest rate speed possible with your seatbelt on. That's a horrible, horrible situation, but that is the best outcome than going to crime scene number two. The second one is if the victim is basically the driver – excuse me, it's not the driver. It's basically the passenger, and the perpetrator is driving the car – is to basically go for an eye gouge and try to wreck the vehicle and pull the wheel and hit another vehicle or hit another sign or something basically in an open area. Now, again, that's a horrific outcome, but it's better than crime scene number two. Crime scene number two is the one you don't survive and the one you don't come back from, and that's not usually anything other than body recovery. These situations are going to start happening more and more and more, and the topics and bringing them up aren't something that a lot of people want to bring up because it's extremely negative. However, it's something that has to be addressed. You can't pretend like this stuff doesn't happen. Obviously, Chicago, it's getting absolutely prevalent to the point that I'm having five carjackings a day. 
You have to talk about this with your family, your wife, your spouse, your, your, whoever is around you. You have to have this discussion on situations that occur. The second thing you need to do is you need to start training. Not only exercising and making sure you're in shape, but taking a self-defense class, whether it be grappling, whether it be basically, you know, shooting, whatever you feel you're comfortable with, and then push it past your comfort level. And it has to be something you start doing on a regular basis. There's a class that basically goes on locally here. And they have it right down the road that my son is in as far as in jiu-jitsu. He's in Brazilian jiu-jitsu right now. And they have another one called Combatants. And it's for adults. It's on Monday night. I'm trying to get Lana into it, and I'll probably start taking some classes with her on Monday night once my wrist is healed up. And it goes through all kinds of different scenarios on a different basis each week on different things they practice, all the way from you know, simunition training with firearms and hand-to-hand with blades on grappling, on takedowns, on takeaways, on basically handling those situations. Because a lot of times people watch movies or they read about something, and they just automatically go, oh, man, I'm going to be you know, John Wick if something happens. I'm going to pull my handgun. I'm just going to shoot her by in the face, and I'm going to clear the situation. That rarely ever happens, even with highly trained individuals. It rarely ever happens. Most cases, when somebody has not been well-trained, they end up being more of a detriment than an asset in a situation like that, and they get other people hurt because they don't know what they're doing. It's very important you at least understand the basics, and you do them repeatedly to figure out what works and what doesn't for your person in certain situations that can occur. Just wanted to throw that out there. Again, I know a lot of people don't like talking about it and bringing it up on the show, but it's something that has to get addressed considering you can watch right now all the way from what's going on with the markets to what's going on with the crisis with the food, what's going on with this giant rift between unvaccinated and vaccinated individuals and how people are starting to become so hateful to one another, so hateful. I've noticed that lately. People are just so mean. Over nothing. And, I mean, people just getting so belligerent about getting shots and treating people that haven't gotten shots like they're second-class citizens with leprosy. I mean, just horrific. And it's 100% to blame on the mainstream media. They have done this intentionally to divide and conquer. Because, remember, if you can keep the populace bickering among themselves, they don't actually look at the real individuals they're behind the scenes. The banker boys, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the BlackRock and Vanguard companies that pretty much own everything, the ones that are running the Federal Reserve, those are the ones at the top. Those are the ones you don't even see articles about. They don't make it on Forbes list. They don't make it on MTV Cribs. Why? Because they have so much money they don't even want people to know they have that much money. Those are the ones they don't want you to call out and you don't want to show for who they really are behind the scenes actually doing what's happening right now, Dan. What do you think? Well, they're trillionaires, Austin. I mean, they own, they own a huge parts of the entire planet. They're trillionaires. And, you know, we're, some of them are probably quadrillionaires, especially the highest level of the Rothschild banking cartel because they have the major investment houses of State Street and Vanguard and, you know, BlackRock, plus they control all the derivative exposure and all of the money they put out with the quadrillions of dollars of derivatives. I mean, these guys are probably quadrillionaires. And you think, well, that sounds crazy. Well, yeah, I didn't say it didn't sound crazy. These, these people are just that rich. And, and they don't – but see, here's the thing. They don't want more money. They don't care about that. They want power over everybody. They want to reduce the populations of the planet to kill God's creation. That's who they are. And once you understand that, it makes sense. That video that I had was from Stanford Strong. It was called Strong Against Crime. I got that video probably about 30 years ago. And I remember I had a, a girl that I knew, a woman who's married with kids. Her name was Tamara, and I remember she rode up to the in our motorhome one time with us up to North Carolina, looking at some furniture up there. About when we still had actually 
furniture being made in North Carolina. And it was, it was interesting because I played the video for her. It dealt with home invasions. It dealt with carjackings, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember she watched about five minutes of it. She goes, that's too negative. I'm not going to watch that. And I looked at her and I said, huh, you know, this is some real stuff. You need to be aware of what's actually going on. Well, she just wouldn't watch it. That was the end of it. I said, okay, whatever, no big deal. Well, then she moved with her husband down to the islands, uh, down to the Bahamas or wherever they were, and they ended up basically having a big home down there, and they got home invaded. Oh, yeah, held a gunpoint for hours on end, and it was unbelievable. Husband wasn't there. She was there by herself, and she had not seen the video. She didn't know what to do. She was just a victim. all she was, and that's sad because you see that all the time. Stanford Strong said something very interesting in the videotape. He said, if you ever buy that videotape or get it on DVD, it's a, it's a really good thing to watch. He said, never go to crime scene number two. He said, somebody jumps in the car with you, and they decide they're going to basically take you off and you know have their way with you. He goes, you don't want to go to crime scene number two. He said, crime scene number one is where they took the car. Crime scene number two is out in the Orange Grove or out in the woods or out in the you know National Park or out somewhere where nobody's going to find you and hear you. He said it's better – this is what Stanford Strong said. I'm not giving you any advice concerning this. He said it's better to cry, crash the car into the, into, you know, in a, in a parking lot where you were abducted. Make sure you have your seatbelt on and make a big scene about that if you're driving because that way they're just going to jump out of the car and run away because they don't want a wrecked car anyhow, and you just made a big scene, and now the police are dispatched. You know, so that's what he said to do. Now, the crazy part about all of this stuff is that we're having to talk about stuff like this, and it's getting worse and worse and worse in these democratically controlled cities who the prosecutors are being supported, and basically their campaign contributions are being paid by Soros Rothschild Rockefeller. That's who does all of this stuff. That's the front guy they use. That's why they keep these guys alive for so long because – these guys are like the villains of the James Bond movie, and every story, I guess, needs a protagonist, and they have to keep these protagonists going as long as they possibly can. And then when they didn't have, when they don't have the ability to maintain the story or the narrative anymore because of too much blowback, Jeffrey Epstein, they retire the character or move them to a non-extradition country and give them plastic surgery. This, that's what they always do. Now, speaking of a protagonist, you know, we, this, the, the, the whole thing with these churches, these they, they may claim it, blab it, grab it weirdos. Here's another one. The hipster megachurch is in shambles over the pastor's alleged affair. The drama has unfolded like a soap opera. While volunteers at the venue church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, arrived at their pastor's house last November, they were hoping to raise his spirits with a surprise visit. Instead, they got a shock. The pastor, Tavner Smith, was alone with a female church employee. She was in a towel, and he was in his boxers. But, of course, they said they've been making chili dogs and hot dogs and gotten food on their clothes and blah, blah, blah. You know, why does this happen? Why does it happen all of the time? And why does so many of these pastors basically get into a situation where they get compromised? Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons for this. A lot of these guys really, really, really don't have a relationship with God. They really don't. I, I know them, guys. So I'm, not, I'm not picking on them. I know them. All right, and a lot of them basically have found a way because of their charismatic abilities or their speaking abilities to get people to give them large amounts of money and not have to deal with working in the real world and not have to pay income tax and having a 5013C corporation that you can put everything into and not pay any income taxes or dealing with depreciation schedules. And these guys are basically, how should I say, scammers. They basically are wolves in sheep's clothing that come in to basically destroy the flock and the people that Jesus Christ has called. I see them. I've seen them. I know so many of them. It's nauseating to me. In fact, and there's an article here with Jerry Falwell and, and basically the unlikely rise and fall of, you know, fall of, you know, from Vanity Fair at Liberty University. And, and here's 
what they said in the article, part of it, you can read it. It says, moral majority waged a scorched earth cultural war for four decades when Jerry Falwell Sr. was alive. When I told Falwell Jr. that many people thought he consciously or not wanted to destroy himself, he considered it for a moment. Here's his quote. Subconsciously, yeah, I believe that's true. He said, nodding. It's almost like I didn't have a choice. He went on, because of my last name, people think that I'm a religious person, but I am not. My goal was to make them realize I was not my dad, as he had continual repeated affairs and had his wife go out with other men. This guy was a sexual pervert, deviant weirdo, but he's put in charge of probably the largest Christian university in the world. The sad part about this is you see this a lot in Christian ministries when they're taken over by the people, the children of their founders, their son or their daughters. You see it all of the time. Very rarely does it happen where a person comes in and makes the ministry better from what their father or their mother did when they started it. In most cases, it completely falls apart because either, how should I say, bad <laughs> bad business practices or bad moral practices, and it happens repeatedly. So guys, listen to me. It's really important. You keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. Don't look to a pastor. They're going to let you down. I've had it happen to me repeatedly. Keep your hearts and mind in Jesus, for he is the author. He is the finisher. He is the perfecter of our faith. He died on a cross for you. He was tortured and died for you to restore you back to the Father through, an, through the blood of the Lamb, through him. Always remember that. Don't put your hope in preachers. Don't do it. They'll, 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 they'll all, if you get to know them behind the scenes, it always goes sideways. Just thought I'd let you know that. Very, very rarely are they what you think they are. Mark Rutland with Global Servants, phenomenal man. He's exactly what he says he is. He does exactly what he's supposed to do with his ministry. He's beyond reproach, tremendous integrity. That's why I support the ministry. That's why I support the, the girls in Thailand. And I really appreciate you guys, you know, sending us checks to Health Masters or Ted Brower, you know, when you guys get a chance or when you can and basically support the girls with us in Thailand. If you don't want to do that, just get on a list and start asking them for the girls that you want to support girls over there too. Try to find some groups that you can support that you know are right, and it's very, very short, that list. I <laughs> just thought I'd mention it. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I prayed for you this morning. You guys are absolutely awesome. Finish it up awesome, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. As we continue to make a difference, I think, as us, and I say we as our health masters, listeners, and everybody, continue to not let up. What I mean that is continue to keep up the fight and hold your resolve. A lot of people start getting, you know, almost battle fatigue, so so to speak, where you start getting just, okay, whatever. We'll just be done with it. I'm over with it. No. We're pushing, and we've pushed this hard for the last two years to try to promote the truth and promote freedom and not compromise. And I know there's a lot of parts of the United States now. They're an absolute nightmare as far as with these stupid mandates and everything else they're trying to do and not letting people go into restaurants and go do stuff without having your passport. I mean they're doing it all over the place. I get emails all over the place. I mean – and it is beyond, beyond my comprehension that a lot of these companies are still going along with this and just continuing to treat their customers like complete trash. And then some people go, well, it's because you know the city or the county or the state is basically forcing them to do it. No, you can be an independent company and not comply. Look at what we've seen with Atlas Jim, how he pushed back in New Jersey for the last two years now over there. Look at all these companies that stood their ground and said, no, we're not going to do this. Look at these companies that basically wouldn't shut down. 
And of course, some of them went bankrupt because the government came in and tried to make an example of them, like over their Ten Horn Flats in California. Now that was complete and total debacle how they treated that company, even with outside dining. Because remember, it was all for your safety. And as we see now, England turn around and completely drop all these mandates. It makes it even more abundantly clear that everything we've been told and all the restrictions and all the mandates were a complete and total farce if England makes it that quickly, turns around. That's one thing it did show everybody. So again, thank you for the support. Stand up for the truth. Be sure if you need anything, check out the website, healthmasters.com. The B-Complex still on sale a few more days for the January super sale. We have the purple sticks also on sale right now on the website on three packs and the kit back in stock. So be sure to check those out. Oh, and vote for what you want to see win product of the week. We've got a lot of different products on there, the probiotic, the eyesight, the iodine, the thyroid support, lots of heavy hitters on that list. So be sure to vote for what you want to see win product of the week on this Wednesday. Continue to keep up the good fight. If you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. Give us a call for any of your needs. We're here to help you out the best we can. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.